Welcome to one more edition of Politics Unread. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Hey, guys, you know what I've talked about? I've talked about racial profiling. I've spoken about how people take the liberties with people. Well, it has happened. It has happened in my family. I'm honored to be here with my little sister, Dr. Lindia Jacobo. Thank you for being on Politics Done Right, sis. Thank you, hermano. Always a pleasure. Hey, well, look, let me tell you, what happened to you in the store has happened to me over and over again. And many times a whole lot of our, uh, a lot of people who watch the show would say, well, why don't you do something about it right away? And, you know, I've started, I've always stood up for myself, but now do more. I was ecstatic when I got a text from you describing what has happened. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, yeah, I am your sister, your lovely <laughs> sister, and um, and yeah, I um, happen to be, you know, I am, um, you know, the mother of two kids. Mm -hmm. I am a wife. I'm a sibling, a sister, um, and I happen to also be a doctor. I'm a pediatrician, and over the years, I've done a whole lot of things in my career, and I think a lot of what I've ultimately done um, has really been informed by a lot of my own lived experiences, including what I wrote to you in the complaint I filed with the Better Business Bureau, and what I mean by that is I'm currently one of the deans at a school in Los Angeles. I do a lot of teaching, and a lot of my teaching is focused on, you know, um, teaching uh, students, teaching staff and faculty to kind of reframe how they engage, how they see the world, primarily through an anti-racist lens, right? And that's really, really hard to do because, you know, I think racism is so deeply embedded in the foundations of everything we do. And I think it impacts our lives day to day. So, um, you know, that's a little bit about me in a nutshell. Well, you know, explain to me what happened. First of all, I want you to give me the name of the store and what happened at that store, because I think it's more, it's not only about training, it's about common sense and, and empathy. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so this store is Roadrunner in, um, in San Diego. And just a little bit more about context. I think for me, um, not that what happened in the store was in any way surprising because it happened in that store, but it's happened in many, many other stores. But the context for this store is that we've historically, I think as a family, gone to that store a whole lot, right? As you know, I've run for many, many years. And so we've always- do a lot of marathons. A lot of, yeah. With, with Arturo yeah, so and, and Exactly, and, and both kids, right? Natalita and Arturito. And we've always done running. We do an annual 5K as a family every year. So the point is that we've gone to that store many, many times in the past from the time the kids were little. Um, and I think the reason I reflected on it so deeply is this was in that store the first time I've had that experience. So I entered the store. It wasn't that full because the store had only been open for about 20 minutes. Um, got to the store and just kind of started trying to find some gear. It was primarily trying to find a few additional Christmas gifts for the kids, for Arturo. And this young woman, as I wrote in the complaint, came up to me and initially seemed reasonably friendly, asked if I needed help. And I said, thank you. No, I don't need help. And I just kept looking, went from the male section to the female section, et cetera, and kept going back and forth because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to select out at the time. 
And uh, as I wrote in that um, complaint within the span literally of three minutes, and I think I'm being pretty generous, it may have been less than three minutes, she approaches me again and asks the exact same question, can I help you with anything? And I thought, no, I thanked her again. And I said, look, if I need help, I will be sure to reach out. Again, the store's not that big, and you so were... I know I can find her. For anybody who needs to know my sister, my sister is as passive as can be when she's talking to folks. Don't mess with her kids, though. But as uh, right. passive, exactly. uh, right. as, passive and as can be and very friendly. Very low key. Again, I write the tone that I, I may be speaking a little bit more loudly than I was speaking to her. It was just very calm. If I need you, I will come and find you. And again, I feel like I almost have that language scripted because as we've shared over the years, these sorts of things just happen over and over and over again, right? So my language is almost scripted. If I need you, I will come and find you. Thank you so much. Kept going back and forth. And then I had a whole bunch of items in in, in my left hand, I was holding it like this, and I was texting Natalita because I was trying to get Arturo's size to make sure I had bought, uh, you know, bought the right size. And right as I was doing that, she, this part I didn't put explicitly in the complaint, but she almost ran up to me and said, are you ready to check out? And I looked at her and I thought, oh my goodness, you are with me again. And I said to her, <laughs> in exactly this tone, I said, you know what? I would really, really appreciate it if you would stop following me around the store. I said, every step of the way, I said, I seem to be the only person you have an interest in. I said, I, it really makes shopping kind of uncomfortable. And she said, well, I am doing my job. And as I wrote in the complaint, I it was it was puzzling and i the more i reflected on it the more those words resonated for me i'm doing my job she never said oh i'm not following you around the store she didn't say that right mm -hmm. she said she was doing her job and as i looked around the store i thought oh you are right in my head i said this i didn't say this to her i finally just checked out I thought, you're right, you are doing your job. You're trained to do this. The other piece I didn't uh, put in that complaint, again, I had, I had I was a limited to a certain yeah. number of characters, right? The other piece I didn't um, put in there is a manager looking person, a, um, a, a, a about a six five uh, white guy said to her, as I was in dialogue with her, is there something I can help you with? Who is to Jessica, the employee? Oh, as if so, you were a danger to her. Exactly. So I now in a position for me, and again, not overly dramatic, as you know, I don't emote a lot and I don't get that worked up. But in my head, I thought, oh, this is so coded. I better get out of these people's store. That really was my next step. And my only regret, frankly, is I should have left the merchandise there. But it was one of those things that were moving reasonably quickly. And there were things that I really, really wanted, wanted. to get for, again, you know, for the kids, for Arturo, et cetera. So in 
that moment. And again, let me also provide additional context. Um, we are what's called VIP members at the store. That's mm. how long we've been with the store. Right. We pay a fee, right? It's like any other store. That's right. just the language they use. It's nothing extraordinary. But we have, you know, this. So, so again, it just goes to show why would I have a membership in a store that I don't frequent a store you know, so it it was all of that together. And my drive home was, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 minutes. And I kept reflecting and I kept thinking, wow, even at the age of 58, obviously this thing is on my mind. So I'm going to act on it. And the only thing I knew how to do, because I certainly couldn't ask for a manager, right? Because right. I think that guy was the manager. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was not interested in my story. Yeah. He wanted to help her. Because you were a threat to yeah. his employee. Yeah, yeah. And so, and let me also add, and this has nothing to do with this story, but for um, additional context in terms of my own um, mindset, I was recently in my apartment in Pasadena. I'm currently in San Diego, but I was standing at the elevator waiting to go in to get up to my fifth floor apartment. Uh -huh. And as I was standing there coming from work, all my stuff, this woman comes out of the elevator and screams. What do you she mean screams? screams? She screams out loud. And this was on the second level where I park. The P2 level is our assigned parking. Uh -huh. So typically people would expect somebody to be at the elevator because we're always coming out of our cars in the garage and going up, right? It's pretty standard. Um, and she screamed and I looked back because I thought, oh my goodness, I wonder what's happening behind me <laughs> in the parking lot. This is a true story. This happened three weeks ago. So you have to understand my mindset about these things, right? <laughs> and I looked back and I and I looked at her and I must have looked puzzled. And she said to me, and I quote, you scared me. And I said, I, I, I wait, 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 stop, stop, Lindia. My sister is about five foot two, maybe. I'm five foot two, maybe five three with a pair and of heels. as hell. Yes. I had a backpack on, my lunchbox, and I was professionally attired because words, I was coming with your doctor, from work. With your Correct. It was yeah. very clear. I, I, I think that day I had done a video for the school. And so I think I may have even been wearing a black suit. Mm -hmm. All right. And I said to her, I looked at her and I said, so being present in front of an elevator to go to my apartment was scary to you. And she rolled her eyes and left the elevator area. And I, when I went upstairs, I think Arturo was the only person there at the time, but I shared that story with him. And later on, um, when Natalita um, came home, I shared it with, with her and, um, it, it was really kind of surreal, right? Because the, the, the implicit messaging wasn't that I really scared her. It was that her expectation of who belonged in the building right. was different. We didn't, I, my physical being, my body didn't match her expectations of what a person waiting for an elevator should look like. And I know many may argue that we, because I've heard this repeatedly, make much of these things. And I will tell you, um, especially in the kind of work that I do, 
I do the opposite of making much of these things, right? Mm -hmm. um, but these stories are important to tell, right? Because at, at some point, um, you have to think about the potential of endangerment to us. Exactly. Right? Because her screaming, it's her and I, right? And her screaming for no clear reason was bizarre, right? This young woman, uh, the, again, these dots all connect, right? These aren't right. separate things. Right. These are one thing, right. right? It's one thing, right? And the, the, the problem is that it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't dangerous. Right. It's actually dangerous. This is a story that we need to tell and retell because there's a danger in, in, um, in the stories, right? And I don't think folks who claim that, you know, you know, black folks are sensitive and this and that, and can't you give people grace and benefit of the doubt? I don't think these people really have a deep enough understanding of the danger people who look like me and you right. are sometimes in depending on circumstance. Sometimes it's just sort of kind of hilarious, like, he, 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 this happened. But when you reflect more deeply, you think, wow, these things can go one way or the other. Hey, somebody coming back next, you are, you are the first person in front of her. They think that she screams because something I did you've something. done, and then they jump right. on you or they shoot you or whatever. Who, who am because... I to debate, right? Right. In the store... Which manager do I get the privilege of engaging of with? Of complaining None. because he came at, he came to her rescue. And he you know came what to his employees' rescue. Right. Correct. Right. And, and my next thing is with you is concerning even at the elevator. All right, she may look. I I actually under for all the phobias that I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. What I've spoke to people about is overcoming them. Some of them have been. I, I've had to atone for them for whatever mm -hmm. phobia I had. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the one thing about it that I've done is when I when it's my fault, I can then say, oh, I am sorry. I 100%. have to teach myself something. 100%. This woman looks at you after screwing right. up in her thoughts. Correct. Correct. And rolling her eyes as if you had something it, to, be, correct. Uh, to be concerned or guilty correct. about or whatever. Correct. It's the same playbook, right? Like if you, you were to map it out, it's one playbook, right? You blame the person you victimize. Sometimes it's by way of tears, right? There's the shedding of all the tears mm -hmm. or the, oh my goodness, you scared me. Right. And to your point, maybe she did have negative experiences with people who look like me, maybe she doesn't like short people, people with lunch boxes, whatever, that's fine. The appropriate response though is, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Because exactly. if anything, she scared me. Because right. I was wondering, remember this is an area that is, so it's a garage, it's two levels. Right. Our assigned level is on P2 and it's a glass encasement where the, where the elevator is. So. The reason I look back is I didn't know if she saw something happening right. in the parking lot. So my looking back was, was genuine, right? Because I didn't, she I could never have, 
yes, I couldn't have fathomed that right. her scream had anything to do with me. So then I look back, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is she witnessing? But she was witnessing my presence. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you something, Lindy. I, the reason I begged you and, and yeah. folks, all of you that are listening, let me tell you what my sister told me when I said, hey, we've got to do this video for my show today. She said, but Berg, I am not camera ready. I'm like, I'm not. girl, Look you at what are I'm always, wearing. I just got you back are from always Milan. camera ready. You are this beautiful, petite little you're, sister you're of mine. You know, but I, mean, I, I told you straight up, you are always camera ready for this thing here. But look, I think this, fun and joke aside, even though what I just said was true, I really needed to hear this story. And my audience yeah. really needs to hear this story. And and global uh, and, and worldwide, we need to be telling these stories and have somebody who can articulate the stories in, in the manner in which you do it. No hesitation, no anger, just point mm -hmm. of fact. I think that is mm -hmm. so important. And I want to thank you so kindly, Lindia. Jacobo, muchísimas gracias por estar. Gracias, en... hermano. I am, and this is my brother. I'm proud of my brother. Muchas gracias, corazón. Bye-bye. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.